Start streaming. Good evening and welcome to another 14 words. Uh, before I start, I do have a disclaimer. Um, hold on one second. I do have a disclaimer. It is. Yep. This is not to be confused with Israelis in the United Kingdom, British Jews, or Christian Zionism in the United Kingdom. <laughs> um, so I, 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 I right. happened upon the British, British yep. Israelites. Uh, I watched, I've been watching a lot of ARC stuff, so I, I will do a episode about the ark eventually but anyway the the british israelites were digging in ireland looking for the ark um so i came across this i thought it might be quite i thought it might be quite funny because now we was we was we was israeli kangs yes <laughs> we can't you know everyone else has got in on the we we was israelis shit so yeah why, we might why should, all right let's why shouldn't we uh, why shouldn't yeah, we exactly <laughs> Everyone was Israel. <laughs> so, British Israelism, also known as Anglo Anglo Israelism, 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 I don't know. Israelism. Um, Israelism. I think, yeah. Is the British nationalist pseudo archaeological, pseudo historical, and pseudo religious belief? All pseudos there. Um, that yep. the pre people of Great Britain are genetically, racially, racially, and linguistically the direct descendants of the ten lost tribes of ancient Israel. All ten. We're not going for one. We're all ten. No. All ten, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with roots in the sixth, <laughs> with roots in the sixteenth century, British Israelism was inspired by several nineteenth-century English writings, such as John Wilson's eighteen forty Iris Ray. These fucking names. Our <laughs> Israelitish origin uh, from the 1870s onward, numerous, numerous dependent, independent British Israelite organisations were set up throughout the British Empire, as well as in the United States. As of the early, 20, early 21st century, a number of these organisations are still active in the United States. The uh, The idea gave right to the Christian identity movement. Uh, something. I don't really... Do you know what Christian identity is? Yes, I do actually know what that is. Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. yeah. So, what is it? You can you? Uh, a... It's it's kind of based upon basically uh, founding that um, white people are the real Jews, and that. Oh, so it's directly. Yeah. So it's like yeah, yeah. So it's like British. Yeah, Israelism and you know, yeah, the, they the are from. Yeah, yeah, they're from. <clears throat> You know, Esau and Edom, and Edom were the Edomites, who are supposedly the, <laughs> uh, as they cl as they claim. Let me just stress this, YouTube, as they claim, they are the people of 
you know, modern day Israel and, you know, the Jewish people are from Edom and they, you know, claim that uh, they're from, you know, uh, well, so Aryan, which Jacob. is something, but, yeah, yeah, which is no, something you were looking Jacob. into. You were looking into well, a yeah, bit of Aryanism, is, weren't you? Yeah, this, yeah, well, I was, but that was completely different tangent. I, I haven't got around my head around it just yet. Mm. I will do something on that soon because it'll, it'll make Hobbit fucking, I don't know, <laughs> rage. Um, but yeah, um, uh, yeah. So it's basically just that that you know, what you know, the 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 European race are the real Jews, and uh, the beasts of the field were other races. Blah blah blah. It's it's based in like supremacism as well, you know, kind so of. So it's British supremacy, know, the Old basic. Testament. <laughs> no, it's not really. It's not really Anglican or you know, uh, you know, mm. Germanic. It's kind of all kind of thing. It's uh, mm. you know, we are we are God's creation. Everyone else is a. Uh, created yeah. by some other god kind of thing yeah it's yeah so the central tenets of british is, is israelism yeah. have been refuted by archaeological ethnological genetic and linguistic yeah. research so they mm -hmm. just need to tell you that twice <laughs> you know it's it's so yes. important that this is bullshit that they have to tell you twice but no sources no, no, no refutations <laughs> no sources. yes no refutations uh, it's just it's just yeah. bullshit guys Maximilian um, Spurg says refuted in brackets. Yeah. Mm hmm Yeah. <laughs> Many brackets. Of course of <laughs> course they would refute it, wouldn't wouldn't they? Um yeah. Foundation. British Israelism uh, I think it I prefer Israelism. Israelism yeah. is just I don't think we need the extra bit in there. British Israelism <laughs> arose in England, then spread to the United States. Its it, it, its adherents cite various supposedly medieval manuscripts to claim an older mm -hmm. or, origin, but British Israelism appeared as a distinct movement in the early eighteen eighties. I just love the love the Victorians. They were just fucking absolute mad lads, weren't they? Just going round yeah. finding yeah. shit. Making shit up. Just... Yeah, making shit up mostly, I think. <laughs> it was just, yeah, this is ours now. Yeah. This piece of land is ours, yes? Yeah. Your oh. history? No, 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 no. This yeah. is your history. <laughs> uh, Joseph this is Paxton. our history. Joseph Paxton in the green we, houses. Yeah. We, 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 was fa we was pharaohs and shit, yeah? That's it. Hobbits here, Hobbits here in spirit. Yeah. Uh, although scattered British Israel societies are known to have existed as early as 1872, there was no first, there was no real move to develop an organisation beyond the small groups of believers which had arisen spontaneously. The beginnings of the movement are, as an identifiable religious force can, <coughs> therefore, be more accurately placed in the 1880s when the circumstances of the time were particularly propitious. Okay, propitious. I don't know for the appearance of a movement so imper imperialistically orientated. But this is back to like the stuff we've been saying, like the eighteen hundreds. It's like mm -hmm. this, when people were digging shit up and stuff like that. So why, mm -hmm. why does this stuff just pop up in the eighteen hundreds? But it's made up, maybe. Oh, most of it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it feel if it, no, honestly, like it feels like if you look at history with you know a fine tooth comb these days. I just have to say, most of it looks like bullshit. Like well, when, anything past well, when, when anything was you, before when was you first... looks like bullshit. Like, well, well... I, I can't. 
Well, when, yeah. when was she? When was she first dinosaur discovered? You know, um, what's his name? Eighteen hundred. Um, yeah, seventeen seventy something. Wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, because like, that didn't that directly lead to the um, oh, theory of evolution. Name? Yeah, Darwinism. Didn't that directly <laughs> yeah. re- re- lead uh-huh. to Darwinism? The the dinosaur yeah. skeleton. Darwinism came after the first discovery of dinosaurs, right? So you know, it was <clears throat> it was to give credence to the idea that you know big 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 turkey lizard turned into small bird lizard thing yeah 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 that's you know but again all of, all of this stuff 1800s it's weird how all this yeah. stuff pops up in the 1800s well most of our history turns up in the 1800s mm. <laughs> I have to tell you that like honestly like discovered. go look it's fucking discovered. Yeah, discovered rediscovered yeah like well, here's the, here's the weird shit, right? Like, Europeans didn't know anything about ancient Egypt until the 1800s. You know that, right? Napoleon no, just took a trip. No, did you not? Oh, Napoleon, the famous story about going to, you know, the Sphinx and shooting its nose off. No one knew the fuck the pyramids were, were there until the 1800s, it seems. It's right? Uh, Sa- Sergeant Oikman says there's industrial revolution, isn't it? Is it... Well... I, I suppose... That, I suppose... No, I... I suppose there's some sort of an explanation. May maybe the industrial revolution led to people led led to this led to this class of like because all these people were pretty rich. May maybe the yeah. industrial re- revolution led to like a middle class who had all this spare time to start thinking about shit like this. Well, it, it, that's a misnomer, isn't it? I mean, we, there was plenty of people to think before then, right? Like, mm. what changed? Like, we used to have, like, hot summers and, you know, wine fields in the south of England, right? Vineyards, right? You know, as a climate change for people to stop, like, thinking like that, purely on survival until the late 1800s? Yeah. It's... Plenty of people to think about these things before then, surely, right? Well, you've always you've always had, like, a, an education According class, to the con- haven't yeah. you? Well, yeah. It's just that I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like like a kind of rational explanation to this, but they, like like you say, there isn't one really, and unless you know, th- unless the, it was this was the beginnings of like faster travel. So uh, what it what it what? Yeah. It, I mean, did you have <laughs> that kind of stuff occurring around this sort of time? So like you had more more ra- yeah. a lot more rail travel then, didn't you? Well, suppose. Well, I mean, according to history, like you know, people travelled all the time. All these scholars and that, you know, how mm. many people suddenly, you know, graduated at the well, you know, University as, of Vienna and then suddenly appeared in, you know, fucking Spain for like five years, then they went to Russia and then back to bloody, you know, it's <laughs> well, like you know, they went everywhere. Yeah, but yeah, but what, what about like the um, like the early the early centuries, like the. Um, because I was watching this thing about a uh, thing about the yeah. Ark, and uh, and Jeremiah had no trouble in the sixth century getting from yeah. fucking the Middle East to Ireland. Well, well here's the thing: oh, this Via is something that was brought up yeah. when I was, you know, doing my little <clears throat> research on the, you know, the well, what you know, what I'm going to talk about later on uh, in yeah. another episode. I think um, that, it's like you know how we're all saying, oh, you know, the Vikings raided like the Mediterranean and shit, right? Yeah. Have you ever like seen them? Like people to this day have been trying to recreate the Viking longships, uh, like you know, authentic ones, right? Yeah. And uh, they've tried sailing from Norway to, you know, the Med, and do you know how many have succeeded? Uh, would it be zero? It would be zero. Why? What? Are they falling <laughs> apart then, or what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they're just like wind and rain, you know, the fucking Atlantic and shit. It's just like destroying these things. It's like, um, okay then, how did you get? To, how did the these Vikings get to? Get to fucking America in <laughs> the Mediterranean. Then. America. If yeah. they can't make it America. to there, how the fuck did they get to America? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's just like oh, okay. So unless there's been a, a huge change in climate to like you know the storms or you know colder weather or whatever, it, it's, it's <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. As as Oinkwin says, you just can't get the workmen these days. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, like <laughs> can't even build a boat. Yeah, well, you know, because <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, the thing, the thing we're eventually going to get to whenever we talk about the Smithsonian, Smithsonian, there's yeah. that, there's that, that place in the Grand Canyon with full of Buddhist gear, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it was misattributed to being, uh, you know, uh, Egyptian, Egyptian for some reason. Yeah, it's like because Egyptology was again all the rage back in the day. You know, it's like, oh, what's this fascinating thing? Pyramids? What are they? You know, it's this fascinating. Oh, look, well, you know, and then there's all that stuff. Did the, did the Romans get there? I mean, the Romans were. Yeah. I, I assume. I mean, were the mm-hmm. Romans doing everything by land, or, or were they ships as well? Well, you know, here's the other thing, right? In the official history, guess who had the largest navy in the world at the time? At which time? The Roman times, around that time. It was the Egyptians. Did you know that? I no. was, it was fascinating to know that that they had the largest navy, right? You know, you know, seaworthy ships, but they never went anywhere. <laughs> you know, exactly. So you know, like the Romans, like would they have gone as well? I don't know. But yeah, you know, it's a bit like, weird. All these Romanesque buildings, isn't there, all over the place? So it's like kind of like, eh, says, well, what do you want to believe? Like Maximilian says, the Smithsonian lost all the giant skeletons. We definitely need to know, yeah. do an episode on the Smithsonian, and we definitely oh, yeah. UNESCO, you fuckers, we're coming for you. <laughs> yeah, we we know who you are. We UNESCO, see you. <laughs> UNESCO, we see what you're fucking up to. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. the pyramids anyway. were originally covered in marble. Yeah, I saw something about that the other yeah. day. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing, like, in all the mentions of like European history, or you know, even well, this is this Italian is what history, this is what Hobbit no one ever sa- mentions the pyramids. This is what Why? this is what Hobbit says, though. It seems like that we're living in the in ruins of a more advanced civilization, doesn't it? It doesn't. It feels like it. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's something not right here with our history. It's again, you know, well, you know, I can we'll get onto the numerology later, maybe. Uh, but there's there's definitely something about dates <laughs> just not right. Yeah, I mean the Fomenko stuff as well. Like yeah. you know, if anyone wants to read anything about you know the the new chronology stuff, definitely read uh, Antonio Fomenko. Like it's fucking it's yeah it's wild. Like some of the dates that are just out of sync. You know, repeated What's events. What's the thing I read the other like week that? about the the Sphinx? There's something under the Sphinx, isn't? They think there's a UFO under there or something. Oh fuck so God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, I did my eyes roll nowadays when anyone says, "Oh, there's UFOs." I'm just like, "Oh, really? Really? You mean like you mean like I'm fucking UFO lovers on Telegram? You know, fucking <laughs> UFO lovers. Yeah, uh... <laughs> UFO lovers and the CGI yeah. UFOs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like oh, UFOs. Oh. Or ghost, like... or ghost, ghost lovers, where the bottom of the door yeah. is always out of shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, two uh, great channels. Anyway, let's dive back into this now we've been on yeah. that big. Um 
so the peak the peak adherence to British Israel, Israelism in the late uh, late 19th and early 20th, early 20th centuries. Did you know these fuckers nearly caused a war with with Ireland over their <laughs> bullshit? They 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 just fucking they just fucking went in and started digging up this thing to try and find the ark. <laughs> this is what I was watching earlier. It was hilarious. They just did not give a fuck. Uh, the extent to which the British clergy game became aware of the existence of the movement may, may be gauged by the comment which Cardinal John Henry Newman made when he was asked why he'd left the Church of England in 1845 in order to join the Roman Catholic Church. He said there was a very real danger that the movement would take over the Church of England. So what happened to these geezers then? Did they just fucking dry up and disappear or what? Uh, I'm not sure. I think they kind of migrated to America, right? Seems it like seems it. Seems like it. Yeah. Um, have... So in the late 19th century, Edward Hine, um, he was... Hines? Uh, he was Hine, singular. Um, oh, was okay. an influential proponent of British Islamism. Do you want to, uh, don't know what he is. Let's see what he is. Korea. Bank clerk by occupation. Aye. Interesting geezer. And then you've got Edward yeah. Edward Wheeler Bird, who was born in India in 1823 and was the son of a provincial judge. He returned to London for schooling and is listed in London's University College School's alumni as having attended from 32 to 38 and being a great Tamil scholar. Uh, so we, 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 we was Indian. We was Indian, <laughs> Israeli, British. <laughs> well, that, back in those days, they would have just... I mean, if he was from British stock, they would have classified him as an Englishman, wouldn't they? Yeah. British. Uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't say what ethnicity it's not, is. It's not. It's not today. Is you know. It doesn't say what ethnicity is. So he might. He might have just been oh. born there. Um, and yeah. Herbert Aldersmith developed the British Israelite movement. Hine and Bird achieved a degree of doc doctrinal coherence by eliminating competing forms of the ideology. In 1878, the Anglo Ephraim. Association of London, which followed Wilson by accepting the broader community of Western European Germanic peoples as fellow Israelites who were also favoured by God. It was absorbed into Bird's metropolitan Anglo-Israel. This, this is like Life of Brian, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Splitters. Uh, Anglo-Israel Association, which espoused the Anglo-exclusive Bruce. So are you like, are you, are you, uh, are you ang exclusively Anglo, or are you going to include the dirty Germans? I think of the two well, strains of it. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's a bit like today, isn't it? It's very reminiscent of uh, the plight of British nationalism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it with or without humanity? Um, <laughs> by eighteen eighty six, the Anglo Israel Association had twenty seven affiliated groups throughout Britain. Hine later departed for the United States, where he promoted the movement. Do you find that twenty seven affi affiliated groups, uh, back to numerology again, is very yeah. similar to like the European Union? Like, is twenty eight one of these numbers? Is it? No, uh, one of the numbers. Well, again, well, we, everyone knows thirty three. Yeah. The next one is 19, um, and then there's obviously 66. Um, uh, I think the I think it was 66. I think there's another one as well. Uh, I can't remember exactly that one. But yeah, no, I don't think 27 is a number. 
What the fuck? So the 1906 edition of the Jewish Encyclopedia stated that yeah. British Israelism's adherents are said to number 2 million in England and the United States. That's a fuck ton of people back then. In Bearing 1906. in mind... Oh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's look at world population 1906. Well, I know our population was about 11 million at the height of the British Empire, wasn't it? Yeah. Well... So we go all the way back to 19... Wow. Okay, 1900s, right? 1906. Wow, 1.6 1. billion was in 1900, right? Mm. That's not in Britain, though. So we need to do UK, maybe. Uh, well, they're saying probably. 2 million in England and the United States, so it doesn't seem like um, <clears throat> yeah okay continue i'll look up that i'll find yeah. the british uh an, un <laughs> an unreliable figure of association membership and journal subscription numbers are my guide the number of passive protestant sympathizers is almost impossible to determine so whoever this is mind yeah. you that they're, they're not really they're not really on board anyway the british israelites are they whoever wrote this or wrote this thing anyway yeah between 1899, 1899 and 1902, adherents of British Israelism dug up parts of... This is the bit I read about, uh, that I watched about earlier. Um, dug up parts of the Hill of Tara in the belief that the Covenant was the Ark of the Covenant was buried there, doing much damage right. to one of Ireland's most ancient royal and archaeological sites. At the same time, British Israelism became associated with various pseudo-archaeological pyramid pyramidology theories such as the notion that the, uh, that the pyramid of khufu contained prophetic numerology of the british peoples so let's go back uh so the hill of tara the whoa, hill of tara go then that can't be right surely what it was 43 million people in the united kingdom that seems like that seems like a large number doesn't it that is a lot i mean if you look at the population it's only increased by I mean, it's, I mean, it is like... Well, they say in the American population is. I don't know. I'll have to have a look. Oh, you only yeah, found that's... British. Yeah, I found the British one. So the Hill of, Hill of Tara... So the Hill of Tara is not to be confused with Tara Hill, which is in County Wexford. So the Hill of Tara, which is Team Hare, or Nok Timhrak, is a hill and ancient ceremonial burial site near, near Scrin in County Meath, Ireland. Tradition identifies the hill as, an, as the inauguration place and seat of the High Kings of Ireland. We'll, we'll get we'll get into the High Kings of Ireland a bit later on. Um, yeah. It also appears in Irish mythology. Tara consists of numerous monuments and earthworks dating from Neolithic to the Iron Age. So you've got a load of mounds there. So what they decided to do, they decided to get, 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 down, get the lads down there and get stuck into one of these mounds. Yeah. Um, right, okay. You want to know the American population of 1906? Go on, then. 85 million. God, that's crazy, isn't it? I mean, the American population definitely exploded since then, but fucking hell, yeah. like... That's crazy. I, I, that, that, that seemed way too... Well, actually, no. You know, to be honest, that might make sense, considering if it is 1.6 billion, right... And we know from fact that... Well, you've got you got to know, think what America uh, was like, at, was like at the time. The world population. 
Early early nineteen hundreds, America was like yeah. that's not that far after like the Wild West and stuff, is it? So yeah, there were it wasn't like there weren't that many like massive cities and stuff, were there? Probably makes by, sense. It all been built by then, yeah. So the Pyramid of Khufu. Do you know what the Pyramid of Khufu is, Frozen? Yes, I think so. Go on then, tell it's us about the pyramid. Off by heart, but I know what it is. It's one of the great one of the pyramids. Oh, it's the Great Pyramid. Yeah, it's one of the pyramids. I think it's a great one. Ah, yeah. It's weird they called it the Pyramid of Khufu, then. Yeah, that's the, the guy who built it. Yeah. Yeah. Pharaoh so there you go. So that's the, that's the Great Pyramid. So they were talking about the Great. Uh, so it's a prophetic numerology for the British peoples. In nineteen in nineteen fourteen, the thirty fourth year of its publication, the Anglo 34th. is oh. oh three years out. Um, well, Anglo Israel yeah. Almanac listed the details of a large number of kingdom identity groups, which were operating independently throughout the British Isles, as well in Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Canada, and the United States of America. Yeah. So, in 1919, the British the British Israel World Federation was founded in London, and Covenant Publishing was founded in 1922. William Pascoe Gord was the first member of the publishing house. During this time, several prominent figures patronised the BIWF organisation, and its publisher, Princess Alice, Countess of Athlone. So, she's British royal family, she is. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, where is it? Uh, Princess was patron in chief prior to World War Two. One of its highest profile members was William Massey, the then Prime Minister of New Zealand. Due to the expansive nature of the British Empire, believers in British Israelism spread world worldwide, worldwide, and the BIWF expanded its organisation to the British Commonwealth. Howard Rand promoted the teaching that, and he became the National Commissioner for the Anglo-Saxon Federation of America. That's a fucking... That really rolls <laughs> off the tongue, doesn't it? So, so that specifically Let's call is... call it S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. <laughs> the Anglo-Saxon Federation of America is specifically a British Israelite group. Um, he published the Bulletin, later renamed the Messenger of the Covenant. More recently, it was renamed Destiny. Oh god, that sounds loppy as shit, doesn't it? That's, that's, <laughs> that, that's, 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 that's like he's, he's got. That sounds like he's gone from Anglo to Germany, doesn't it? Don't, with a sort yeah. of like destiny. Uh, yeah. Uh, the proli- prolific author on, author on British Israelis- Israelis- Israelism during the later 1930s, 40s was Alexander James Ferris. So we'll see who he is. So he's. Uh, his most successful work when Russia bombs Germany sold over 60,000 <laughs> copies uh, so when Russia bombs so he wrote that book so he wrote that the book of Revelation contains cryptic references to the defeat of Nazi Germany and bombing of their cities the work sold 60,000 copies and was very popular amongst Christians oh, George Orwell okay. however negatively reviewed the work and considered Ferris to be a religio-patriotic lunatic <laughs> I mean, wow, wait, okay, so what was the cryptic things he was made mentioning? Because this just, like, screams, screams, like, to me, something about, you know, I know, I know everyone doesn't want to go on about Dresden, but, you know. So all he's, all he's saying is the Book of Revelation contains cryptic right. references, so you'd probably have to read oh, the book was or it, find... Wait, what, so was he saying, like, Dresden was, like, the, the warning of... No, is he's he talking going about... That route? You know, the Armageddon kind of thing, is it? Is that the call for... 
the Jews Might to be. return to the homeland kind of Might thing, be. is it, or whatever? Is that what he's saying? Uh, you know, is that the you know the, the six million you know six million his, Jews his, bi- his bibliography has got to... has got some interesting books. Why the British are Israel? Nine conclusive facts proving the Anglo-Saxons represent the House of Israel's the House of Israel of Scripture. Um, British Israel uh, teaching concerning the Great Pyramid of Giza. When Russia bombs Germany, we've already mem- mentioned Great Britain and the USA revealed as Israel the new the new order. Nineteen, uh, so yeah. he wrote that. When Russia invades Pal- Palestine, uh, what is wrong with the churches and the remedy? Palestine for Jew or Arab? Um, these are just like highlights of his work. Uh, three, the three-headed eagle, a full view of the nations of Europe and their destiny, according to the prophet Estrus. Uh, some of these might be actually quite interesting to read, wouldn't they? The resurrection of the twelve apostles, peace. How will it come, or why there will be no third world war? Uh, dude seems to know what he's talking about, doesn't he? Mm, no idea. Um... I've got something here actually. It's it's related to the this book that I was trying to find the book that he wrote about the mm. nine conclusive facts. I've found mm. something that's similar. Uh, it's on a website. It's are the British descended from the ten lost tribes? Draft of an article. Uh, I'll put it in the chat actually, so you can if you want to bring it up on the screen uh, if you're sharing it or not. Where is it? Um, I'll put it in the back chat. Where are you in there? There you go, Hemi. Uh, so it's just a random blog, uh, but it's got some interesting things on it, maybe. Um, an interesting discovery was made recently in the National Library's archives, a draft of an article written by Adolf Stern in which a prominent Zionist Romanian leader criticised a new organisation, the British-Israel World Federation. And that was one of the things they were talking about up there, right, uh, before? That BNIW thing? Yeah, I think that's that's the right one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Disputes, divisions, and larger groups splitting into smaller groups are familiar for all in the Jewish world. However, in this article, Stone wanted to discuss a different grave threat that could be... I'm guessing this is from the the Israelis' perspective. Mm. It could be uh, impediment to many Jews. Despite its obscenity in innocent names, Stone warns of the beginning of this article that this is a Christian organisation from Great Britain and the United States. In other words... From the Anglo-Saxon world, which by means of biblical, historical, ethnographical, archaeological and linguistic proofs establishes the presumption that the British English are direct descendants of the ten lost tribes of Israel. Where did such a peculiar idea come from and how did Stern intend to fight it? Kings of England and heirs to King David. The belief among Christian nations that early European peoples and the British tribes are direct descendants of ten lost tribes dates back to at least 16th century. Its principles were used, among other things, as a basis for, for England's departure from the Catholic Church in the Vatican. Oh, interesting. The followers of the cult were called the British Israelites. Okay, so... Uh, do you know, they call it a cult. Uh, <laughs> they yeah, don't like it, do cult. they? No. Uh, but it was not only Christians who took an interest in the Lost Tribes. In 1644, the rabbi of Amsterdam, Menish ben Israel, son of Portuguese Jews in Holland, believed that... The natives of South America are descendants of the Lost Tribes. Rabbi Mensch, Menshi Ben Israel, uh, Menashi, yeah, Ben Israel, who was full of Jewish Messianic aspirations, reached these conclusions following his meeting of a apostate Jew from Spain named Aharon Levy, Antonio de Mont- 
Montesinos, who had returned from a rainforest in the Colorado Mountains in Quito, Quito region of Ecuador. Quito? Where he claimed to... Quito, yeah. Yeah. Where he claimed to met one of the lost tribes. Some four years later, Rabbi Ben Israel published this book, Mikir Yishri, in which he presented Aaron Levy's story as foretold under the title... Oh, what shit, we've, we've spoken about Ben Israel Aaron before, Levy. but... Mm. Was that to do with uh, that scam thing? Was it? Ben Israel. No, but this was in... This was late 1800. Uh, oh, right, okay, so it can't right. be then. It can't be the same good, right? <clears throat> no, I, I, I did think it might have been... The, yeah. Ben Israel. Yeah, we've definitely spoke about Ben yeah. Israel, but I can't remember what... And I might, it sounds like a common name, to be honest. Like, mm. um, His work was translated into English in 1652, published under the name The Hope of Israel and eventually presented to the Parliament of the State Council in England. Rabbi Menashe ben Israel intended on one on one hand to improve the standing of the Jews in England by in- indicating a shared origin, and on the other hand, hasten the process of redemption through the in- ingathering of exiles. However, Rabbi ben Mishal's intentions were taken out of context, and the book appears to have given have given a new impetus and further justification to the British imperialism under a different banner. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Shit. No wonder. <laughs> they, <laughs> they created their own golem, did they? Yeah. Um, unification instead of conquest. If the British Israel Isles had previously been the border which, border which the ten tribes reached through conquest, from here on, the population of the American continent would be a form of reunification of the tribes who had disappeared over hundreds of years. So can we, can we say when people attack British people, we can now call it anti-Semitism? Yeah, let's do that, yeah. <laughs> we were the real Israelites. See here, look, see here, these rabbis says that we were the real Israelites. Yeah. Even though we've taken out of context, right? Uh, <laughs> supposedly. <clears throat> Depends what you believe, really. As she has passed due to disputes, diverse geno- genealogical ideas of different groups of followers of the British Israelites cult <laughs> need to institutionalise ideas arose. Therefore, in 1990... Oh, Sergeant Oinkwinson, he said he's just done a search mm-hmm. and he reckons 25 million. I, I, I assume he's talking about the uh, population of England at the time. That seems, yeah, a, bit, a... That seems a bit more... Yeah, it, the population doesn't... It's massive, like... Like, yeah, like, fucking... But anyway, let's continue. Where were you? Um, in 1919, the British-Israel World Federation was established, which continued the tradition that some of the European nations, and especially the British, are the true Israelites, based on God's promise to Jacob, and God said to him, I am your mighty God, and be fruitful and multiply. And commonly, a community of nations will stem from you, and kings will descend from your loins. Genesis 35:11, right? Before revealing the great falsehood at the crux of the Federation, Stern describes principles of Anglo-American collaboration. The kings of England are the heirs of King David, and therefore the British Empire is destined to rule over the redeemed Jerusalem. Based. The 15,000 Jews in the world are not the children of the Kingdom of Israel, but Jews descended from the Kingdom of Judah. Oof, yeah, that's that's where the Christian identitarianism comes in then. Yeah. Um, the British Israel World Federation differ- differentiates between the Southern Kingdom of Judah and the Northern Kingdom of Israel. They claim that both of these exiled from the Kingdom of Israel to Assyria, and the majority of those exiled from the Kingdom of Judah to Babylonia. 
did not return to their birthplace, but made their way to Europe separately. Uh, some hundred and thirty years apart, only a small number of the exiles of the Kingdom of Judah returned to their homeland from the Babylonian exile, where they contributed to the building of the Second Temple. They are the forefathers of the Jewish people in contrast. The tribes of Israel, who were also known as Isaac's sons, wandered to Europe and became the Saxon tribes. Isaac, Saxon, yeah, yeah. Here, here is the linguistic... Uh, Etymological proof of such. Isaac's son, Saxon. Saxon. Mm-hmm. Mm. Saxon, yeah, maybe. Federation claims that the tribe of Benjamin separated from the tribe of Judah. This does sound like some black Israelite tear stuff, though, doesn't it? Well, I mean, this is this is this is basically Christian identitarianism. This is yeah, this is it. Um, mm. um I, I was reading more of this arc stuff. I've been reading. Did you? Uh, yeah. Did you? Did you know there are actually black Israelites? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, in Ethiopia, the in Ethiopia, because um, oh, what, what I was reading, what I was reading about the arc was that. Um, Although she wasn't actually from there, because they found out she wasn't, the Queen of Sheba or whoever this person actually was from Ethiopia went to went to his went to Jerusalem, uh, wherever um, King Solomon was, had a child with him called I think it was Menelik, and then Menelik ended up coming yeah. back to Ethiopia, and I think he brought a teacher with him. So then those people that that followed his teachings became. Um, <laughs> Mazel tough for my me, my Ethiopian brothers. Um, <laughs> yeah, so those so those actually became Jews, and I think they're actually seen as Jews, and they have the right of return. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, Hemi has been but listening to like Dub Zion, Zion and Ting. No, I've been reading um, oh, books in the other room. Um, it's so, I think it's Sign and Seal. It's about the about the art. Uh, about the Ark of the Covenant, it's written by someone called Graham Hancock. So, like the start of the book, I, I'm only a couple, a couple of chapters in, but the start of the book, he's in he's in Ethiopia. That's the first place. That's the first place he thinks that he thinks that the Ark is. Right. Okay. So, do you want to continue reading this then, or should go we on, go then? Yeah. Well, that? this is. Right, okay, so, <clears throat> where was it? The Federation claims that Benjamin is separate from the tribe of Judah, uh, Saxon, Saxon, right, okay, so we're there. Um, so the Federation claims that the tribe of Benjamin is separated from the tribe of Judah following the destruction of the Second Temple and reached the shores of British Isles as Normans several hundred years after the Saxons. In this manner, with the unification of the tribe of Dan with the tribe of Isaac's son, the Saxon, the uh, united settlement, Britain, became the true people of Israel through whom... The biblical prophecy was fulfilled because I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven and the sand on the seashore of your descendants shall inherit the gates of their enemies. Genesis 22:17. In justification of the origin of kings of England, it's related to the daughter of Zedekiah, Zedekiah, son of Joshua. Zedekiah. Josiah. That's that. What's the name I said about the woman who came to Ireland? Yeah. Her father's legal heir reached England, where she managed to receive royal house of the dynasty of King David. The nation of kings arose in this British nation, who expanded over the years to a large confederation of nations, who eventually declared the constitution of the empire in royal con- con- conference of 1926, according to the constitution. 
any nation can unite with the empire while maintaining its independence. In the article, Stern also discusses the Federation's attitude to the land of Israel and the role of the British in Palestine. While the Balfour Declaration aspired to establish the nation's homeland and the writer of the mandate even aimed for Jewish self-rule, the Federation saw itself as exclusive heir to this territory. Neither the descendants of Ishmael, the Arabs, nor the Jews have any right to the land. The religious centre of the children of Israel is still in Jerusalem, which is not geographically located in Palestine, but in the British Isles. And this is interesting, because we were very reluctant to give Palestine back to them. Yeah, it was some, some real extreme War, terrorism as well. We fucking give it yeah. up because we had to. That's that's very interesting. Then. I wonder... Yeah. I wonder, yeah. Hmm... Um, Simon remains the site of the throne. Are we, are we, are we saying, are we saying the British Empire was the real ticker of lamb? <laughs> it might have been. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That's that's very interesting. We were. Yeah. It's just, hmm. So anyway, the throne of King David is still the great city of King David, and it's not currently in Palestine, but in the British Isles, together with David's tribe. The Stone quoted words written by William Pascoe Goad, the Vice President of the Federation, in the National Message and Banner newspaper in October 1929. Stone quotes another article from the same newspaper in November 1929 on the identity of the Jews and the Arabs. Regarding the question, who is a Jew? The writer of the article, David Gilbert, explains, first of all, all, Brit all the British are not Jews. Eleven tribes did not return, as described by Ezra and Nehemiah. The... Facial features of a Jew are not Israelite facial features, as the children of the tribe of Judah married idol worshippers, and their features are more Syrian than Israelite. Okay. So this is basically the, the belief that, you know, the Israelites were of, like, European stock, basically. You know, yeah. um, Northern European stock, right? And that the <clears throat> tribe of Judah then was more mixed with the Syrians. So are they um, talking about? Because I, I I have seen stuff where they specifically talk about Ashkenazi and um, oh, Sephardi, don't they? I think they came later, but I think originally it was kind of the Ashkenazi were kind of they, they came afterwards, didn't they? Um, mm. But the Sephardi were basically yeah they they were the mix with the they're like the Spanish aren't they? the Sephardi yeah like, yeah well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, the newspaper journalists ask the rhetorical question, what are we, the British, looking in, uh, looking for in Palestine? And responds, more than we received a mandate from the League of Nations, we received it from a higher power. On December 11th, 1917, Lord Allenby was stationed on Mount Zion and spoke before the military forces, which was most likely included representatives of the Israelite tribes. 1,200 years ago, three crosses were seen reflected in the sky and the king stood in the centre in Jerusalem. The blue crusader flag divided Jerusalem, the symbol of the largest empire of the world has ever known. We have things to look for in Jerusalem. Oh, such uh, as? It... <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Is this about the ark again? The mm -hmm. ark or the grail? Yeah, exactly. Jesus' body, you know? Uh... Yeah, some people think some people think the Ark and the uh, Grail could be the same thing. I saw it right. the other day. Okay. Uh, so, if so, Stern asked himself, what is the implication of the Federation of Zion? 
Indeed, on one hand it's an advantage, on the other hand a danger. The advantage is expressed by the liberation of Jerusalem from Turkish rule, and the danger is opposed by the Federation's desire to claim the authority of a mandate. However, Stern casts a doubt on the success of this religious utopia whereby Palestine belongs to the King of England and to the British Empire. If it's not from those blasted upstarts... Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Opposition to the mandate from the British parties, many of the people have taken an interest in the Jewish people. Stern writes, from the Oliver Cromwell to Lord Balfour, this federation's objective is not the establishment of a national home for Jewish people, but building Jewish identity and culture alongside the local residents without increasing the number of Jews in Israel. It's racist. <laughs> Anti-Semitism. <laughs> that is. <laughs> Thereby takes the Balfour Declaration out of context. So, do you, want me to, do you want me to read this one? Foreign yeah. Office, November the second, nineteen seventeen. Dear Lord Rothschild, I have much, I have much pleasure in conveying to you, on behalf of His Majesty's, Gov Majesty's government, the following declaration, declaration of sympathy with Jewish Zionist aspirations, which has been submitted to and approved by the cabinet. His Majesty's government, with favour from a establishment in Palestine, of a biblical. Oh fucking hell! That doesn't. That's not fucking. Try opening <laughs> yeah, it's a bit blurry. It's uh, da, 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 national home for the Jewish. Uh, da, da. We favour the establishment of Palestine for a national home for the Jewish people, and we use their best endeavours to facilitate the achievement of this object. It's being clearly understood that nothing shall be done with may, which may prejudice the civil and religious rights of existing non-Jewish communities in Palestine or the rights and political status enjoyed by Jews in any other country. I should be grateful if you would bring this declaration to the knowledge of the Zionist Federation. So, what's he saying? So, literally, he's saying that he's not really giving Palestine to the Jews there, is he? No. <laughs> he's just like saying, yeah, you can, you can go there, but you've got to, you know, <laughs> it's for hours, basically. We don't, mind you yeah. we don't mind you staying, but you can't have the place. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's what it is, uh... Uh, right. That was interesting. Yeah, yeah, that was a bit interesting. So that was a bit more context behind this federation thing, I think. Um, so the contemporary contemporary movement now, the BIWF continues to exist with its main headquarters in Bishop Auckland County, Durham. It also has chapters in Australia, Canada, the Netherlands, New Zealand, and South Africa. Um, it's weird that uh, there's quite a few countries have disappeared from that. <laughs> Oh. Uh, what is it? Um, uh, yeah, the USA have abandoned it entirely, but they've got Christian identity now, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, that's the newest version of it, yeah. So basically. I assume they've got that. And not only that, yeah. they've got like a million different versions of Christianity anyway, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, in, in 1968, one source admitted that there were between 3,000 and 5,000 British Israelites in Britain. There, the, uh, the theology of... Uh, what's the chat say? So the Belfort Dec Declaration, what does... Wasn't as ridiculous as most believe, or am I mis misunderstanding? Uh, no, I don't think you are mis no. misunderstanding there. It was like, yeah, we don't mind you staying, but you know, don't shit the place up. Basically, it didn't. It didn't say anything about, <laughs> oh, we're going to give this piece of land to you. It wasn't like, <laughs> yeah. Is that actually <laughs> the declaration? Is that actually the declaration though? Yeah, it looks like it, right? Mm. Uh, 
Yeah, so here you go. Yeah. So like it says in the last... Let, let's just repeat that last the last sentence. So the Federation's objective is not the establishment of a national home for the Jewish people, but building Jewish identity and culture alongside the local residents without increasing the number of Jews in Israel. Therefore, therefore takes the Balfour Declaration out of its context. Yeah. So the Spurgs are wrong. <laughs> so the Spurgs are wrong again. The internet lied to me again, you know. The internet will do that to you. Um, but then again, this is quite... Uh, this is quite anti... This is anti the British Israelites and quite pro-Jewish, so I don't... They, yeah. they could be underplaying it, so look, 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 look at your sources, people. Yeah, exactly. So there we go. Um, yeah, check your always check your sources, people. Must be a Babylonian source you're reading from. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, as, Babylonian bias. Yeah. <laughs> as as we always as we always say, just like never believe anything you read on the internet. <laughs> um, in 1968, so, uh, so um, oh yeah, so so there's between 3,000 and 5,000 British Israelites in Britain. There, the yeah. idea, the theology of British Israelism has been taught by a few small Pentecostal churches. So Pentecostal is what is Pentecostal? I don't even know what it is. Uh, so it emphasizes direct personal experience of God through baptism with the Holy Spirit. Pentecostal oh, is it's derived... one of the clappy, clappy shit, isn't it? Yeah. Is it, it I don't it's think derived... it's the American version now. It's derived from Pentecost, an event that commemorates the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles oh, yeah. and the other followers of yeah. Jesus Christ while they're in Jerusalem celebrating the Feast of Weeks, as described in the Acts of Apostles. Um, so... The post. This seems like the only sort of thing that it can only really live in an imperial era, can't it? Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think it can survive out of like. It seems like very much a movement of its time, isn't it? You know, like when the British were on top. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like any empire seeks to claim its, you know, legitimacy. I guess, right? Yeah, it's, they're they're, they're, imperial, Rome did they're it. imperial fanboys, yeah. aren't they? Like, it's like yeah, you... exactly. Rome did it with its, you know, plea to the, you know, being from descended from Troy, and mm. you know, that places as such. And yeah, every empire's yeah. done this, haven't they? They've claimed some kind of divinity, right? Or you know, a great historical legacy. Yeah, the um, Yanks, you know, he, yeah, he, the Yanks have done it as well, haven't they? Uh, the post-imperial era brought about a change in orientation for British Israelists. Obviously, it changed the, uh, the you know, <laughs> the loss the loss of power meant uh, God's not really smiling on you anymore, doesn't it? Uh, reflecting in a corresponding change to, in the social class to which their membership predominantly belonged. During the years of initial growth, it could depend on the spread of Christian fundamentalism within the country. The emotional appeal of imperialism and a belief that the, in the unrivaled power of the British economy to expand a middle-class membership that viewed it as the divine duty of a nation, as God's chosen people to rule and civilise the world. By the mid-20th century, the dissipation of these factors changed the focus of the movement to untroubled by social and moral decline, including the degradation of class distinctions and of moral... Mor 
monarchical absolutism. Societal changes were viewed as portents of a coming apocalypse and as indicators that the nation was in need of redemption. A fantasised society which practised Victorian moral rectitude and imperialism lacked socialism, bureaucrats, intellectuals and income tax would now come to be viewed by the movement which drew its support from the well-to-do as the ideal that modern British society should emulate. So, tenets. Most Israelites are not Jews. Adherents believe that 12 tribes of Israel are the 12 sons of the patriarch Jacob, who was later named Israel. Jacob elevated the descendants of Ephraim and Manasseh, the two sons of Joseph, to the status of full tribes in their own right, replacing the tribe of Joseph. A division occurred among the 12 tribes in the days of Jeroboam and Rehoboam, with the three tribes of Judah, Benjamin, and in part Levi, forming the kingdom of Judah, and the remaining ten, dri- ten tribes forming the kingdom of Israel, Samaria. Thus, they argue, the great bulk of Israelites are not the Jews. W.E. Filmer, writing in 1964, suggested that the fact that some Jews continue to search for the ten lost tribes implies that their representatives are not found among modern-day multi-ethnic Jews. Uh, what's that there's uh, okay a number of british israelites quote josephus in order to support their claim the lost lost tribes of israel are not jews the entire body of the people of israel remained in that country wherefore there are but two tribes in asia and europe subject to the romans while 10 tribes are beyond the euphrates till now are are an an, an immense multitude See, this is interesting because, again, this kind of ties into some of the maybe the mud flood stuff. But mm. the Euphrates is the opposite way from Europe, right? Uh, Euphrates is the river in Iraq, right? Uh, let's have a look. So beyond the Euphrates means it's the other way, right? Right, so, the Euphrates is the longest and one of the most historically important rivers of Western Asia. Together with the yeah. Tigris, it is one of the two defining rivers of Mesopotamia, the land between yeah. the rivers. Originating in Turkey, the Euphrates yeah. flows through Syria and Iraq to join the Tigris in the Shat al-Arab, which empties into the Persian Gulf. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? The Roman, it's saying here that they're beyond the Romans, right? Mm. So that means they're beyond the Euphrates. That means they went into Asia or north, northern, past Turkey, up into northern, you know, Siberia and northern Russia, right? That way, towards Russia, right? Not towards Europe. So how does that equate then to being of, you know, if we're the lost tribes, then how did they get to England? Uh, if they went the opposite way, well, right. The, the thing I wa- the thing I watched about the Ark earlier, they said that the the route was was they went uh, to Spain, so they went around the Med. So you go around the Med, so they went yeah. to Spain. They stopped off somewhere else. I can't remember where it was, and then they went from Spain to Ireland. So I assume you'd do it by I assume you'd do it by sea. You wouldn't do it by land. Right. Okay, but this would the the it says here specifically, uh, Israel remained in that country where, where wherefore there are but two tribes in Asia and Europe subject to the Roman. Mm. So, two tribes are in Europe; they're subject to the Romans, right? Yeah. To be beyond the Euphrates then means going into Asia. 
So when they're talking about the Asia there, they're talking about the ones that stayed in Palestine and there you know, Israel today. Asia and Europe, ten tribes. No, they're, so they're saying two went that way towards Asia and Europe, while the other two went the other, where the other ten went the other way. Then, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it's saying, right? But that's yeah. in towards Asia, not in towards Europe. Uh, so yeah. the ten tribes went towards Asia, right? So they went into either northern, you know, northern Russia, like Siberia way, or they went towards China and Kurdistan and Mongolia that way, right? Yeah. So that would would that then be towards um, China, would it? Yeah. That way, yeah, they went that way, you know, past Persia, kind of into Persia way, right? So it's beyond the Euphrates, which is oh. it's bizarre, you know, if, if they're trying to make that support that they were from, you know, 10 lost tribes. Why yes, did that'd ten, be off towards, why did it seem like? Would yeah. that be off towards Iran then, wouldn't it? Baghdad, yeah. Iran, Turkey? Yeah, yeah. But no, uh, no, Turkey... No, no. Persia, it's Persia, like Persia and places like that, like off towards yeah. Iran, yeah, modern day Iran, basically. Past that point, right? So how does that equate to them going to Europe? That's the first kind of. It doesn't, which is all, which is again, this is interesting because the mudslud stuff I've been looking mm. at kind of suggests, and especially with this suggests that maybe they did these 10 lost tribes or whoever they were went towards like Siberia way and um, then that ties in with the the Mongols and who became the Mongolian Empire you know because mm. then they spread back into Europe right and conquered most of Europe right well also, I mean this also, is where also the weird thing the the Goths the Goths are also included in the uh, in the um, arc myth because mm-hmm. appara- apparently, um, when the Goths sacked Rome, they took they took the Ark. Is one of the is one of the things they took the Ark, and as they were leaving to go home, their gen the leader of I can't remember the, I can't remember his name, but the leader died, and they actually um, they actually altered the course of a river and buried him in the riverbed, <laughs> and then put the river back, <laughs> and they think the uh, the Ark could be under a river. I can't remember where though. Okay. But yeah, it, it, this kind of ties into like, well, okay, because you know, the descriptions of the Mongol, you know, the Khans and that, yeah, are very westernized. You know, they're not, um, you know, Chinese, you know, Chinese men of mm. Chinese descent. Kind of, they are, you know, you know, East Asian descent. They're of what we call, you know, you know, Northern European descent, which is interesting. You know, yeah, Genghis Khan, he was. Ginger haired and green eyed, right? Oh, exactly. Oh, he was a, like was. a ginger haired mummy, then, was he? Like, you, yeah, you've well, got the ginger haired mummies as well. His, his, you? his description was, you know, you know, was blue haired and, you know, ginger hair and blue eyes, right? So, so being being um, played by um, John Wayne was accurate, then, was it? Well, well, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of. Yeah, this ties in then to like, well, what are the Mongols, you know, and then it goes into Moscow, right? You know, mm. kind of, you know, this idea that Moscow may be the followers of, you know, Moses. And, uh, yeah, the, you know, New Israel was maybe um, in northern, you know, in Russia there. And that's why Napoleon and whoever, you know, St. Peter and Peter the Great, was it Peter the Great? I can't, um, uh, 
attacked Moscow, right? You know why? Oh yeah, yeah, we did that before, didn't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who were they attacking? They were attacking Moscow, right? So who were the Mos? Who who were the Muscovites, right? Yeah, yeah. It makes you wonder, then, doesn't it? Like, okay. So the ten tribes, who were they? You know, mm. were they? You know, people who went on to found the you know the Mongol Empire, whatever we think of the Mongol Empire, and then later, you know. They were destroyed, uh, you know, and covered up by, you know, Monday Russia and the rest of the world, you know, Tartaria, basically. So, it's interesting. It is. It's it's fascinating stuff. It all kind of... It's funny it how you, you've covered like it from the mud flood, but I've covered yeah. it from the ark, and we've kind of been in the middle. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, the key... This is to... it. it, it history's... It's, it's not as they say it is. It's, there's something going on here, like... Yeah. yeah. The key component of British Israelism is its represent- yeah. representation of the migrations of the lost tribes of Israel. Adherents suggested the the Scythian, the Scythians, yeah, that's, Sumerians. Yeah. I, I'm I've read too much. This is confusing Scythians. me now because I've read because I've yeah. read a lot of Conan. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah, Scythians and Sumerians. Sumerians yeah. are both for, are both from. Uh, <laughs> Both from well, like, what, uh, from Conan what, as well, uh, aren't they? Well, isn't it? Was it who who wrote? Conan He's a, again, was it? Uh, Robert he, Robert E. Howard, who, who also yeah, wrote. Um, what's the other one he wrote? The the witch hunter guy. Okay. Ah oh, fuck. Yeah, what but he, well, basically, yeah, like yeah. like Conan is based upon like the old like the old world stuff, like this stuff, the Scythians yeah. and that, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously Conan's the last Chimerian, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so the Scythians, the Chimerians, and the Goths were representatives of these lost tribes and the progenitors mm-hmm. of the later invaders of Britain. John Wilson would argue for the inclusion of all Western European Gothic peoples among the descendants of the Israelites, but under the later influence of Edward Hine, the movement would mm-hmm. come to view only the peoples of the British Isles as having this an- ancestry. Herodotus reported that the ancient Persians called all of the Scythians Sake. Uh, but they called themselves Scolotti. So, obviously, Sake, uh, Isaac, mm-hmm. you know, we're going back into yep. that again. Uh, but they yep. called themselves Scolotti. However, a moder- modern comparison of the forms which were give- which are given in other ancient languages suggests that Scuda was their name. Ancient writers such as jo- Josephus and Jerome would associate the Scythians with the peoples of Gog and Magog. But the British... Yeah. is. What's this thing? Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog. You know. Yeah. Then, yeah. That's you know the the old age question of who the fuck are Gog and Magog. Gog is uh, Gog is an in, Gog is an in, so according to Ezekiel thirty eight, Gog yeah. is an individual and Magog is his Magog is his land. In Genesis right. ten, Magog is a man, an eponymous ancestor of a nation, but no Gog is mentioned. Hmm. So that's the the the. The, the quick bit of it but yeah. british Israel, israelist etymologists would see sake derived from the bis- biblical isaac claiming that the appearance of the scythians where they claim the lost tribes were last documented also supported a connection further british yep. israelists israelists find support in the superficial superficial resemblance between king yehu's pointed headdress and that of captive saka king Saka, what's Saka? Right, there's a hyperlink to this, doesn't it? Uh, Saka, Shaka, or Sake were a group of nomadic Iranian peoples who historically inhabited northern and eastern Eurasian steppe and Tarim Basin. Uh, the, that of the captive Saka king, 
seen to the far right on the bent Behistun rock. The claim, the chain of etymological etymological identification leading from Isaac to Sake was continued to the Saxons, interpreted as Saxons, sons of Isaac, as we said earlier. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, so, Oinquinson says, I think the place is meant to be in Russia. It's aware. Yeah. So, I think he's talking about Gog. Is he talking about Magog there, is he? Maybe, yeah. Well, there we go. That's another thing, you know, place yeah. in Russia, you know. Russia we we all went to we all went to fight the 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 Russians for some reason in yeah. the 1800s. Why was that? Yeah, that's when the wall started melting and shit, didn't it? You know. So uh, th this is getting more interesting. So so the sons of Isaac, who are portrayed as invading England mm -hmm. from Denmark, the land of the tribe of Dan. So is Dan one of the lost tribes? Is it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they saw. Yeah. They saw the same tribal name left by the Wanderers in the Dardanelles, the Danube, Macedonia, mm -hmm. Dunkirk, yeah. and Dunglo in Ireland, Dundee in Scotland, Sweden, and Lundun, and ascribed his, to this the lost tribe of the mythical Irish, Twatha Dundanan. In the name of the British, they see Burithish, referring to the Hebrew covenant with God. <laughs> so bead so let's see who bead is uh bead is yeah. bead also known as saint bead the venerable bead and the bead the venerable was an english monk at the monastery of saint peter so bead died 735 is that he died at 735 or 735 no, he died AD? In 70, i think that's ad i think that's ad yeah i think i missed the ad off i had linked the pics to the scythians but the british Israelist suggested that he had confused the two tribes of scotland and that it was the scotty the scots who were one with the scolotti the sides of herodotus they ah, drew... that's very interesting isn't it scolotti and scott yeah, yeah. that's because well you do know that like, in the scottish i think it's the declaration of independence yeah they do reference themselves being from scythian lineage oh okay then so you know that came later though obviously so again is that a fact of oh they just want to make their you know their new nation sound important you know you know give themselves an identity kind of thing or is that were they actually related to you know this scotty you know i don't know it's, it's kind of weird on. with scotland because from what i've been hearing and reading lately yeah. like a lot of scot scotland isn't really scotland is it it's kind of little it's ireland isn't it like it's been kind of taken over hasn't it well, that's recent, isn't it? It's yeah. not. This is the ancient kind of like 12th, 11th century Scots. These were the ones yeah. who were. They drew particular support, support from the derivation of the Scots from the Scythians found in the 1320 Declaration of Arbroath. There we are. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Refle reflecting a tradition related in the 9th century Historia Britonum that the Scots descended from the union of a Scythian exile with Scotta, the daughter of a pharaoh, a tale found in some form some form in several other 14th century historical and poetic sources. The declaration begins. Before I say that, you've also got the Faroe Islands. Like The Faroe Islands is a weird name for the place where it is, isn't it? Yeah. So, the beginning of the declaration... 
Most Holy Father and Lord, we know from the chronicles and books of the ancients that we find that among other famous nations, our own the Scots, has been graced with right widespread renown. They journeyed from greater Scythia by way of the Tyrrhenian Sea and the Pillars of Hercules and dwelt for a long course of time in Spain among the most savage tribes. But nowhere could they be subdued by any race, however barbarous. Hence they came, 1,200 years after the people of Israel crossed the Red Sea, to their home in the West where they still live today. So what do you think to that then, Fraser? I mean, well, it doesn't actually say. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, uh, is that is that actually a quote from it? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how the that's how the, de- that's how the declaration have the begins. Have they got the rest of it though? Oh, no. declaration of our growth. Here we are. Uh, okay, so uh, declaration of growth. Bates text. Full text. Uh, why do I have to click on another link to get? English translation. Okay, so do you want me to read the actual oh, translation? You, you, can re- you can read a bit more if you want. Any, any particularly interesting okay. points? Okay, so this is this is not actually the beginning of it. The beginning begins to most uh, saintly father Christ death church. Okay. Oh, wait, that's basically just like, li- oh, fucking hell, listing off all the titles of all the people he sent it to. Um <laughs> Okay, so yeah, we've got the first thing. We've got the the merits of nobility of these people, even if they were not obvious from the other side, shine out openly enough from this. Not even though they lived at the furthest most ends of the earth, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, after his passion and his resurrection, called them nearly the first to his holy faith, nor did he want to confirm them in said faith by anyone but the first of an apostle. Despite being second or third in rank, the brother of the blessed Peter, gentle Saint Andrew, whom since who ever since he was asked to protect from their patron uh, from their, from them as their patron however as Holy Father our predecessor sending these thoughts to the careful mind bestowed on his very kingdom of people very uh, many favours and countless privileges since it was a special charge of the blessed Peter's brother thus obviously the result was until now our people live free and untroubled under their protection until the mighty Prince Edward King of the English and Father of he who now reigns came with the appearance of a friend and ally to harass like an enemy our leaderless kingdom and our people who were accustomed neither <clears throat> to evil or treachery nor to the battles of the ambushes he commanded injustices killings attacks robberies arsons blah 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 okay so it's a list of the crimes he's done on these countless evils uh yeah I think that was yeah that's probably the most for father. So basically, he sent this to the Pope, saying, "Yeah, look, we're uh, we're now we're now a country. Mm. This guy's an asshole, <laughs> dickhead. Uh, yeah, um, twenty grand a year, be a fucking dickhead. <laughs> your Holiness trusting too much in the English version of these events. Oh, basically, he's right. Uh, if your Holiness trusting too much in the English version of these events does not truly believe us, so does not stop supporting them." To our disadvantage, then we believe that the slaughter of bodies, the loss of souls, and the other things that will follow, the injustices that they will do to us, and we to them, will be blamed on most high on you. Uh, thus it is as if your sons are always and will be ready to do for you, high vicar, whatever we require and so far as our duty, and so we commit upholding that to our cause, the supreme king and judge, and trusting our worries to him and completely confidence. Um, may God grant you holiness, the health, and his holy church for a long time. 
Sent from the Monastery of Argos in Scotland, sixth day of the month, April, a new year of our grace, 1320. 15th year of our uh, above-mentioned king's reign. Above-mentioned king's reign. Okay. Alright, so it was 15 years after the Scottish king came. Okay. Alright, so yeah, basically, that was the most important part, yeah. So, British-Israel associations cite the declaration as evidence for the link between the Scots and the Scythians, hence hence the Lost Tribes, as had been proposed by the early British-Israelist etymologists. Other Celtic invaders would also have been given an analogous analogous descent. In the Welsh, Cymru, the British-Israelites would see a direct direct connection through Cymbri, through the the Chimbri, Chimbri, uh... Ancient tribe in Europe. Ancient authors describe them as variously as Celtic people, or Gaulish, Germanic people, even Chimerian. Uh, several ancient sources indicate that they lived in Jutland, in which which some classical text was called the Chim- Chimbrian Peninsula. There is no direct evidence for the language they spoke, although some scholars argue it may have been a Germanic language, while others argue it may have been Celtic. So they're saying that the 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 does this mean I'm the last Chimerian, much like uh, Yeah, you are Conan. Conan. <laughs> <laughs> Directly to the Chimri to the Chimerians and the Gimri Gimri of Assyrian animals. So um yeah, I mean that might explain the Welsh language. It's uh, it's Chimerian. Uh, uh but my grandfather never never taught me the riddle of uh riddle of steel, is it? What was it from Conan and the Riddle of Steel? Is it the Riddle of Steel? Crom. Yeah. I think so. I need to start praying to Crom. Um, yeah, exactly. A name, <laughs> a name sometimes also given by the ancient Babylonians to the Scythians and Saka. Perceived similarly, similar, similarity between this and the name by which the Assyrian annals refer to Israel, Bit Cymru, would, would leave would leave the British Israelists to claim that Welsh too were members of the Lost Tribes. Bit Cymru, like Plaid Cymru, um, mm. means Wales. Cymru means Wales, doesn't it? Yep. Cum- but spelled well, differently. Okay. Oh, whatever it means. Whatever. Cymru, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, she's got Plaid, is, Plaid, is... Plaid Cymru, which is the Nationalist Party, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the words change over time, right? But mm. it's, yeah. It's pronounced, it's, it's... it's pronounced the same, but spelled different. Yeah, so it has a root in the language. Supposedly, mm. that's how like linguists would say oh, it's got a root to the, mm. the original language, right? So that's it's changed, but it's not like. But this is it. How do you know that it's in two different languages? So how do you know that you know? Yeah, they mean it's the same thing, right? It's like, I mean, you know, we can say that you know, dog and in in English is dog, and then there's obviously hund is German, you know. But... Yeah. Oh, they they're the same thing, right? But they're they're different. Yeah, I mean it could be. Uh, according to the Anglo-Israelists, these claimed connect connections will make British the literal descendants of the lost tribes and thus inheritors to the promises made to the Israelites of the Old Testament. Mm. So here's some stuff I put off from earlier. So the British throne is a continuation of the Davidic throne. Some adherents further claim the British royal family is of lineal descent from the house of King David via a daughter of Zedekiah, the last king of Judah. According to this legend, legend, the prophet Jeremiah and his scribe Baruch escaped with the king's daughters. So this this is from Jeremiah 41.10 and 43.6. 
to Egypt. They like that. So that's it. They went to Egypt and then they went to Spain mm-hmm. and then they went to went to Ireland. Was what I saw. Yeah. They later travelled to Ireland where one of the surviving Judahite princesses, T. Teffy, married a local high king of Ireland. From this fabled union, the Davidic throne was supposedly preserved, having been transferred to Ireland, then Scotland, later England, whence the British monarchs are alleged to have descended. The uh, the, the British Israelites also sent, in this thing I watched, they, they also sent um, Queen Victoria a letter going, did you know you were related to... Um, mm. the the throne of David, she said, "Yeah." <laughs> that was basically her reply. Uh, the stone of scone, uh, which is which has been used in the coronations of Scottish, English, and British monarchs. That's uh, that's quite quite uh, topical, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, King Charles's uh, coronations coming up. Yeah, he's traditionally claimed to be the pillow stone on which the biblical patriarch Jacob slept, and the stone used in David's coronation. So the the stone of scone is supposedly that old. Yeah. Um, Britain Fraser, and the... You... Go on What's that, Fraser? I mean, have you seen... Well, you've seen it. It's actually pretty old. Yeah. Oh, it's a replica. Oh, okay. Oh, is it? Where's the real one, then? So where'd the real one go if it's a replica? Ooh. I don't know. I know... Um, I know... What's his name? Is it Captain Blood stole the British... The British... Um, oh, okay. So 1986, crown. British government decided to turn the stone to Scotland when it... When not in use at coronations, it was transported to Edinburgh Castle, where it's now kept with the Scottish crown jewels. Okay. Yeah, because the British crown jewels got stolen, didn't they, years ago? Captain Blood. Captain Bloody oh. was uh, Irish. Oh yeah, if you want to, if you want to see good Irish. history stuff, you want to find um, Vic Reeves did a TV series. I can't remember what it was called now. Um, oh shit, I can't remember. But Vic Reeves did a really good history series um, that's well worth watching. He tears Rob Roy a new one when he does that. And um, what's his name? Uh, Braveheart as well. Um, that that I don't know whether that's worth a whole episode, Braveheart, but it is interesting, isn't it? That basically the Scottish wanted their own Robin Hood. So they, so they I think, is it 200 years after his death, they wrote um, William, Wallace, William Wallace's story? Oh, is it? Is this the thing about he he didn't actually exist, kind of thing? It's just he did ex- he did exist, but he was just like a. It was like four different. He was just like a, it was just like. no, he was just like a cattle rustler. <laughs> That's about oh, it. Was he? Yeah, but they turned <laughs> him into like this this Robin Hood figure, like two hundred years after his death. You know? They wrote they wrote the book. Mm. I th- I think Rob Roy was much the same sort of person, weren't he? Because I think what Rob Roy used to do was he used to he used to buy cattle from from one he used to steal cattle from one landowner and sell it to another and it and he'd cut it'd be like a circular thing like that and I think they just got fed up of him in the end. <laughs> right, so Britain and the United States are the inheritors of Jacob's birthright. A commonly held British Israel doctrine is the belief that the type of F- tribe of Ephraim and the tribe of Man- Manasseh can can be identified identified as modern day British Britain and the United States of America. Part of the foundation of the British Israel doctrine is the theological claim that particular blessings were bestowed upon three of the tribes of Israel. In in that the tribe of Judah were cla- was to be the chief ruler, e.g. E- King David. Ephraim was to re- receive the birthright, see Jacob and Esau. Adherents believe that these blessings have continued down through the ages to modern times with the British monarchy being identified as the continued blessing upon Judah and both Britain 
Ephraim and USA Manasseh as recipients of the National Birthright Blessing. They cite passages such as uh, Kron 5, 1-2 and Genesis, I don't know what Kron is, and Gen, which I assume is Genesis 48, 19-20, in order to... Chronicles, is it? To support their claim. Uh... Claims and criticism. Let's get let's get to the criticism part. Uh, British <laughs> Israelism has been criticised for its poor research and scholarship. In the 1910 <laughs> edition of the Encyclopaedia Britannica, I, I'd, I'd actually be inclined to believe that because I've found the Britannica to be based a couple of times now. An article which summarises the theology of British Israelism contains a statement that the theory of British Israelism rests on premises which are deemed by scholars, both theological and anthropological, to be utterly unsound. Current scholarship is not consistent with the claims of British Israelism. With scholars drawing attention to its historical and linguistic inaccuracies, in addition to its links to anti-Semitism. Oh, anti-Semitism. <laughs> Hail 2015 it refers to the overwhelming cultural, historical and genetic evidence against it. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, wait. They're, they're citing a 1910 edition that says this is all poppycock. Uh, but no, yeah, they're using... That's what I mean. They're using hail... Well, that's it. Like, mm. where's okay? So this yeah. nineteen ten edition, and then the next refutal is in twenty fifteen. Yeah, is that because it was a resurgence of it? As no one, as no one bothered in between. <laughs> yeah, it's well, yeah. The the only two refutations of it. Like, yeah, yeah. What, what are the actual refut refutations other than? Overwhelming cultural and historical uh, genetic evidence against But it. even they don't really okay. do that because all they say is it rests on premises which are deemed by scholars. So even even the, the, the encyclopedia doesn't refute it. The, encyclo the encyclopedia said it wasn't me, it was them. <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, so we research standards. Research standards. The oh. critics of British Israelism... Israelism note that the arguments which are presented by the promoters of the teaching are based on unsubstantiated and highly speculative amateur research. <laughs> Tudor Parfit, the author of Lost Tribes, A History of a Myth, states that the proof cited by adherents of British Israelism is of feeble composition even by the low standards of the genre. <laughs> based. <laughs> right, okay. So, yeah, but what is he actually saying is wrong with it? Right, why, why is it wrong? Uh, just feeble composition. That's it. Okay, that's that's a that's weak, right? I wanna I wanna know, you know, why is it wrong? Like, where's the evidence to say it's wrong? Or, it is pretty weak know, source. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna deny it. it does sound pretty crap, yeah, doesn't it? It's, it's, it just says no you. It's basically a yeah. no you of a fucking 19th century, isn't it? It's, yeah. Uh, uh, some promote some proponents of Brit. British Israelism have claimed that numerous links exist between historical linguistics, ancient Hebrew, various European place names and languages. This can be traced to the works of John Wilson in the 19th century. The self-trained Wilson, like implying that self-trained self -trained is bad, uh, he's not credentialed at all, Fraser. This is why you shouldn't that's listen. That's right. Uh, okay, yeah, that's right. You need to have a degree... With a stamp that says you've been through the education system to be official, right? 
We've looked, heard that one before. Looked for it? similarities in the sounds and yeah. words and argued that many Scottish, British, and Irish words stemmed from ancient Hebrew words. Wilson's publications inspired the development of British Israel language associations in Europe. So basically, yeah. all they're saying is that he's looked at entomology and we don't believe his entomology is correct. <laughs> I think is the is the is the, is the uh, I mean at least at least they've had a pop at it. I disagree. But, basically, is that yeah. It? Uh, modern scholarly ling- linguistic right. analysts con- conclusively shows modern scholarly ling- linguistic analysis conclusively shows that the language of the British Isles, English, Welsh, and Gaelic, belong in the Indo-European family, while Hebrew belongs in the Semitic branch of the Afro-Asiatic language family. In 1906, T.R. Lounsbury stated that no trace of the slightest real connection can be discovered between English and ancient Hebrew, while in 1993, Michael Friedman refuted claims that Hebrew was closely related to Celtic and Anglo-Saxon when he wrote that the actual evidence could hardly be any weaker. Uh, Others have addressed that specific word relationships proposed. Russell Spittler... 1973 says of the disputable etymological claims by the British Israelists that they have no ample basis in linguistic scholarship and are based on coincidences only. William Ingram, 1995, would present arguments made by British Israelism as examples of tortured etymology. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm not great with etymology, but don't we have a lot of Latin in our language? Isn't Latin kind of that way no french we have a lot of french actually in our language. we have a lot of french we have a bit of latin as well don't we well a lo- well i mean most medical terms are yeah. considered well latin or whatever you want to call Plant it. Um, names isn't it yeah um but yeah other than that like well yeah it's basically what so what they're saying is the tribe of dan you know dan you know danube yeah. and all that it's just like oh that's just yeah no, it's not the same. Doesn't yeah. mean the same thing in this one. Like I was saying earlier, between like dog and hound, right? You know, that's the old flex in it. You know. Yeah. Uh, so scriptural inter- interpretation. Adherents yeah. of British Israelism, Israelism cite various scriptures in support of the argument that lost that the lost quotes quote unquote lost northern Israelite tribes migrated through Europe to end up in Britain. Demont, 1933, argues that British Israelists misunderstand and misinterpret the meaning of these scriptures. Um, As a side note to that, Joseph without Arimathea, which is, is that Jesus' dad's cousin or something? Joseph, he's been to Cornwall, hasn't he? Joseph, and and that's pretty much documented, isn't it? Yeah, 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 supposedly, yeah. It's claimed, yeah, that, you know. I guess yeah. these guys would, but yeah, it's, it's so clear. Yeah, yeah, so it's not like entirely impossible that people could get from there to here. No, exactly. I, I, aren't there even some rumours that even Jesus came here for a bit? Well, I think that's when he came with, you know, Joseph Arimathea when he was. Oh, you know, was it? He came with Joseph Arimathea. Yeah, yeah, the lost 20 years or whatever it was, Ooh. you know, after the, after the temple where he turned, you know, water into wine and shit. Isn't that isn't like a lot of the lost years? Isn't that from isn't that from one of the um one of the found versions like where where Jesus was went a bit Damien for a bit? Mm. Well, no, he just disappeared for twenty years, didn't he? And then all of a sudden, well, I, I thought some of it had come yeah. back in like the Dead Sea Scrolls or the 
the Book of Enoch or something like that, where it turned out that Jesus was actually went went a bit Damien for a bit, and that's why it's not in the Bible. Well, no, I mean, I don't know. Again, it's like it could be it's just edited out because yeah, it, he was a dude, you know. <clears throat> he knew a lot of pro- he knew a lot of whores, didn't he? I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to hell for that, but you know, I'm just. Saying. I'm sure. I'm sure I heard something where so where where they said some story some story about Jesus where he, where he killed and then brought back to life some kid he used to go to school with or something like that. Like he went well, a bit Damien in his yeah. early years. Um, well, as I say, after the temple, wasn't it? You know, where he turned water into wine and shit. He yeah. kind of just disappeared after that, didn't he? When he was like nine or ten or something, then yeah. reappeared when he was thirty, right? You know. Yeah. So, yeah. It is interesting. Right, so one such case is the distinction that British Israelists make between Jews of the Southern Kingdom and Israelites of the Northern Kingdom. They believe the Bible consistently distinguishes between the group, group two groups. Demon says that many of these scriptures are misinterpreted because after the captives, the distinction between Jews and Israelites was lost over time. Oh, the old lost over time argument. Uh... The lost over time, I'd like to say citation needed. Even Wikipedia says citation needed. This is this is well, it's hubris. This is hubris of well, look at this. But this refutation, they believe the Bible consistently distinguishes between the two groups. Citation needed. Demont says that many of these descriptions are misinterpreted because after the captivities, the distinction between Jews and Israelites was lost over time. Citation needed. So they're like, yeah, "Mm, let's have a look. Uh, let's. That's to like all of these refutations here, citation needed on them. British Israelists believe that the northern tribes of Israel lost their identity after after the captivity in Assyria. So, what's the captivity in Assyria? Is the period of history of ancient Israel and Judah during the during which several thousand Israelites from the kingdom of Israel were forcibly relocated by the Neo-Assyrian Empire. This is one of the many instances of the resettlement possible policy of the Neo-Assyrian Empire. Oh, excuse me. And that this is reflected in the Bible, citation needed. Demont agrees with this assertion and argues that only higher-ranking Israelites were deported from Israel and many Israelites remained. He cites examples of the Assyrian captivity, such as Josiah, the king of Judah, who received money from the tribes of Manasseh, Ephraim, and all the remnant of Israel, and Hezekiah, who sent invitations not only to Judah, but also to northern Israel for the attendance of Passover in Jerusalem. British Israelites interpret 2 Chronicles 34.9 as referring to Scythians, citation needed. Apparently on that one. Uh, Demont is also critical of the interpretations of biblical prophecy embraced by the movement, saying, texts are torn from their context and misapplied without the slightest regard to their uh, original meaning. So, you know, that's not a real... um, Doesn't seem like a real refutation, does it? Yeah, it doesn't, no. He's just gone, oh, context, bro. <laughs> What's the context, yeah. bro? I mean, here's the thing as well. They're claiming, yeah, neo. Who, who would, who would say, oh, you know, we're the neo-British empire? Who would name their 
the thing Neo. Like, I mean, that's, that's like, just something that was that was the uh, that was the hyperlink on. Yeah. That, was, that was the hyperlink for the. But this Assyrian is it. Empire. This is what I mean. This is yeah. This is what I mean. It's like it's been. That's our you know he, you know calling something what it is. I mean, well, that's you, all you can only you can only call something Neo in retrospect, really, can't you? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like okay. Yeah. So like you know, what are we now? The Neo British Empire? Like, uh, <laughs> you know? Right. Is that it? We will be Is soon. That that time period. Yeah. We will be soon. Um, so, uh, British Israelism rests, rests on linking different a- ancient populations. This includes linking the "quote unquote" lost tribes of Israel with Scythians, Sumerians, Celts, and modern Western Europeans, such as the British. To support these links, some adherents believe that the similarities exist between various cultural aspects of these population groups, and they argue that these links demonstrate the migration of the lost Israelites in a westerly direction. Examples given include burial customs, metalwork, clothing, dietary customs, and more. Demont argues that the customs of the Scythians and the Sumerians are in contrast to those of the ancient Israelites, and he further dismisses the connection between these populations and the Saxons and Celts, particularly criticising the then current formulations of British Israelism, and would interject that Semites between the closely related English. So, particularly criticising the then current formulations of British Israelism, that would interject Semites between the currently clo- between the closely related English and Germans. Okay. Uh, the Scythian origin of the Scots has been re- referred to as mythical. Algernon Herbert, write, writing in 1848, characterised the linguistic derivation from Scots to, of Scots from Scolotti as strictly impossible. And Merrill, t- 2005, referred to it as false etymology. Right. Um, so, okay. So rather than just saying it's strictly impossible, why was it impossible? Mm. Well, there Why is a, was it? There is a, there is a citation that. Um, so it's the Irish version of the Historia Britonium of Nennis. Nenin, well, Neninus, apparently. Uh, first uh, red flag, the Irish version. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe this guy has some bias here. <laughs> Maybe, you know. Uh, um, is there a bias here, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Addressing their view on the fate of exiled tribes, Frank Boys said of their voluminous output, all the effort to write these volumes might well have been saved on the premise they were never lost, which we believe to be the correct one. Okay, so where are all the 12 tribes now, then? Yeah. <laughs> if you know this, Frank, tell us where they all are, then. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Frank, tell us. Uh, Parfit suggests that the creation... Of British Israelism was was inspired by numerous ideological factors, which included a desire of its adherents, many of whom were from ordinary backgrounds, to prove that they had a glorious ancient past. I mean, this is the same shit that they use against uh, mm-hmm. white supremacists, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> emerging pride in western imperialism and colonialism and a belief that the racial superiority of white anglo-saxon pride i think i've heard these arguments before don't, don't they end in, <laughs> don't, don't they end in white privilege yes. uh, <laughs> acal ca- categorized the movement as being fundamentally about providing a rationale for anglo-saxon superiority to kid 
it's it it wasn't um who I said earlier, Nick the Queen Queen Jewels Queen yeah. Jewels, the Crown Jewels, it was Kid, weren't it? Or was it Captain Blood? Oh fuck somebody. Somebody stole the cool crown jewels and he was Northern Irish, but that's about it. Uh, that's about all I can remember. To kid its theology represents a quasi heresy which serves to blunt the universalist message apparent in the New Temper te- New Testament. Uh, its role in fostering anti-Semitism in conservative Protestant Christianity has no been noted by <laughs> we, we've noted it. We've, we've <laughs> noted it. We, we can see what you're doing. <laughs> Historians, yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're taking away our specialness. Is that, yeah. is that what it is? Along with it, certain along, people. Yeah, how dare you be so anti Semitic as to suggest how you are? How dare you be the special ones? Wait, yeah. no, you can't be the special ones. We're the special ones, basically. Like, yeah. Along with its role in fostering a feeling of racial chauvinism, which is not always covert. Separately, the <laughs> mythology of British Israelism has been characterised as fostering nationalistic bellicosity. Oh my god. Not yeah. nationalistic. Um, by historians. <laughs> to some adherents, British Israelism served as a justification for British imperialism and American settler colonialism, along with the displacement of indigenous peoples, which subsequently... Oh, God. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh. Uh, yeah. Racist! Uh, racism! Um... <laughs> So, so it's also so influences on other movements. Mormonism, dum 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 dum. Uh, oh British, God! British, <laughs> British Israelism was rapidly growing in England when the United States-based Latter-day Saint movement sent its first missionaries to England. British Israelist ideas clearly influenced Mormon thought by the 1850s, and by the 1870s, Mormon periodicals published in Britain were citing British Israelist proponents to promote the belief that most most Mormons were of Anglo-Saxon and Israelite descent, concepts that would subsequently be synthesised into general Mormon discourse. Mm. Uh, yeah, actually, that's probably yeah. You know what? I've met, I've met some Mormons. Yeah, they are uh, they are pretty. Well, they're based. Well, you know, they they they're you know they kind of get kind of the stuff, but then they also like they they're very. But they also you know, follow a dude that. that's obviously made it up as he went along. Um, well, yeah. Apparently, Wilson and Blackett, interviewed by Rich Hall, talk about the Welsh being one of the lost tribes of Israel. They have a book about oh, okay. it. Um, so, Pentecostalism, which we mentioned earlier. Several individuals who were influential in the founding of Pentecostalism embraced the tenets of British Israelism. The British Israel-inspired self-identification of national of Anglo-Saxon peoples with the Jewish nation and promises were made to them by their God would significantly contribute to the belief they would play a central role in the end times, a belief which is adhered by several prominent proto- and early Pentecostals. Notable among them was John Alexander Dowie. Ever heard of him? Scottish-Australian minister known as an evangelist and faith healer. Began his career as a conventional minister in South uh, South Australia. After becoming an evangelist and faith healer, he immigrated with his family to the United States in 1888. He spoke about Anglo-Saxon Christians' plans to take control of Jerusalem in order to prepare, prepare for the second coming. This legacy was continued by Charles Fox Parham, 
It was an American preacher and evangelist together with William J. Seymour. Parham was one of the two central figures in the development and early spread of American Pentecostalism. Um, he believed that lost tribes would join their Jer Jewish brethren. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Have we, have we, have we glossed over the fact that it says "see Nordic Israelism"? I haven't got that in yet. Red letters. Oh, you're not okay. That's next line down. <laughs> okay. But he believed that lost tribes would join their Jewish brethren in order to re-establish the nation of Israel. That's a dead link anyway, because it's in red. His view of the lost tribes <laughs> was more expansive than Dowie's view. See Nordic Israelism. <laughs> God, I dread to, I dread to think God, what that contains. Well, exactly. You? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why has it been deleted, I wonder? A lot, lot, of, siege, lot of siege masks and, uh, and cookbooks, yeah. I should imagine. Um, <laughs> in, in addition to encompassing Anglo-Saxons, it also encompassed Scandinavians, Danes, High Germans, even Hindus and Japanese. See Japanese Jewish common yeah. ancestry theory. Fucking hell. Oh, we what kind of rabbit hole have you gone down here? Who, according to Parham, had acquired the blood of Abraham, who had acquired the blood of Abraham through intermarriage, were hence eligible to take part in his end-time drama. British Israelist beliefs would soon oh. be marginalised in the movement, but their influences could be seen in the teachings of several key leaders in the 20th century. Uh, in Britain, the espousal of British Israelism by George Jeffreys. He was a Welsh evangelist who found the founded the Elim Pentecostal Church. Um, led to a schism which precipitated his resignation in 1939 and led to the formation of Bible Pattern Church Fellowship. Dead link. Probably, uh, you know, well, yeah. <laughs> that's probably a bit well, isn't it? Uh, which continues to teach the doctrine. Uh, so who else have we got here? Uh, we've got Herbert W. Armstrong. Um, I'm going to flick through this one because I'm getting a bit bored now. Uh, so he was found... Uh, he founded the Worldwide Church of God. Uh, formerly named the Radio Church of God and the Worldwide Church of God is a Christian denomination. Oh, it's now the Grace Communication International. Uh Dead legit then. Um, Christian denomination with 30,000 members in about 550 churches spread across 70 countries. Uh, so that's Episcopal. Episcopal, they're a bit weird, aren't they? Uh, this way you need a Yankon, don't you? Uh, oh, jeez, right. Oh, okay, so... What? That Jap the Judeo-Japanese uh, Judeo common ancestry theory yeah. thing. Oh, you're having a look at it. Is oh, it a bit boy. wild, is it? Um, well, it, it kind of makes, well, they're, they're, they're like trying to claim that the Korean, because Japan, if you know anything about Japanese history, mm. Japan was settled in two waves, right? Yeah. So there was, one wave came from the Korean, like, area, and one came from, um, the China? Chinese area, yeah, China, yeah. um, like, I think Shanghai, I think, area, yeah. um, most people can, like, relate, you know, their genetics to, but there is... There is the the thing about samurais and you know their um, their code and that is very similar to some of the stuff that's taught in like uh, the Old Testament. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, they're trying to. They, it's basically trying to claim that like the Koreans were this uh, tribe. The uh, hate. What's the tribe called? Where is it? Where is it? The Hatton tribe. 
this is what we were saying, like the Euphrates yeah. stuff. That that would be heading yeah. up towards. They China, went that way, it? exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. That's kind of. It doesn't make sense in that in that in that reading. If two tribes stayed and were occupied and in you know under the, the Romans, and they went outwards of the Euphrates, that's only one way, right? Yeah. That's into Asia. So, how did they then go to? Europe and Scotland. Wouldn't it be the opposite? Like they went out into Asia and then did they come back? Like I don't know. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, it also in- influenced Christian identity, and I'm not touching that with a fucking yeah. barge pole. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> there's yeah, the, the 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 top quote being um, their adoption of the British Israelist belief that the Israelite derived derived Anglo-Saxons have been favoured by God over the impure modern Jews yeah, meant that a, meant, yeah. meant that a reluctant, reluctantly anti-Semitic clansman could now could now maintain his anti-Semitism at the same time revere a Bible cleansed of its Jewish taint fucking hell yeah basically yeah they're, they're very milit- militant um um, yeah, so there's a list of notable mem- notable adherents. Um, the one interesting one is Nelson McCausland, who was born in 1951 and is a DUP politician right now. So I th- thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. yeah. So that's that. Well, what do you think, then? Uh yeah, I think I, 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 again, like there's a big time gap, right? But it, to me, it sounds like they went the other way, right, into Asia. Mm. Well, so then, went, how did went, they? Two went this way, and ten went that way. Well, didn't they? well that's what they're saying. Like ten went into Asia, right? The past Euphrates. Where did they go? Northern Russia, or whatever, Tartaria, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah. Tartary, maybe I don't know. You know, they, they talk about reunifying them onto one thing. Well, what was Grand Tartaria? It's all on all the maps, right? It's in Northern Asia. Hmm. And then you know, again, as I say, the the year eighteen twelve when we all went to fight the the you know mo- you know people in Moscow. <laughs> And the walls started melting and shit, you know, the mm. fucking... I mean, could that have been the Ark? Yeah. You're, a space, you're a space laser then, could it have been the Ark? Well... Someone's got the Ark, haven't they? Well, yeah. But then why did they lose then? How have they now been, you know, they lost then, it must have been, right? Yeah. So that was kind of, you know, who are we then? Like, are we the bad guys? Mm. <laughs> Is that it? Like, or are we just, you know, under occupation from... You know, when brother fights brother, right? I don't know. Mm. I don't really know because the, the Mongol, the Mongolian Empire, spread into Europe, right? Did they then come back? And it's it's just a bit later. As Sergeant like, Oikinson act- says, everyone's the lost tribes of Israel these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate. Why not? You know. Why not? Why not? Uh, do you want do you want to read about us? NASA have been at it again. Oh, go on then. They've named the four ast- four astronauts that are going to fly around the moon. I thought you couldn't. Oh. I thought I thought you couldn't 
fly around the moon because of something to do with the dark side of the moon's not good. What do you mean it's not Or is good? it the light side of the moon you'll get burnt up or something? I don't know. Oh, they changed that now, have they? Well, they did it in, what is it, Apollo... Well, they're going to fly around the moon. 13 or whatever it was. Didn't, didn't Apollo 13 have problems on the dark side of the moon? I remember hmm. seeing that film about it. Apollo <laughs> Fair, I've seen that film. Gentlemen yeah. found footage films were just everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I would Tom like to, I, I would like to do a show on the Blair Witch. Yeah. Have you seen all the associated yeah. documentaries with the Blair Witch? No. It's a really so. brilliant like the the Blair Witch itself is like it, it's a good movie. Like it was the first of its kind and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, if like you watch Cloverfield, that was a good movie and then it turned into a trash in the next one. If you watch Clover. if you watch oh just just buy yourself the DVDs of um Blair Witch and Blair Witch 2. Don't watch the Blair Witch 2 film cuz it's not good. Yeah. But it, it's got all the documentaries because they because they built a whole they built a whole mythology and by mythology I mean they built documentaries. There's a documentary about Rustin Parr. There's a documentary about the about the witch, um, mm. and they're all really interesting. It's a really great body of work. Yeah, yeah I still haven't watched Record yet. Have you? Have you seen that yet? A what, what film? A Record. No, I ain't it's seen any of those yet. No, you need to see the first two. It's like. I know you've watched the shitty American version, right? Can... Oh, no, I haven't watched the American version. You want to see American some good found either. footage films. Have you not? Oh, well, you want to see the good yeah. found footage version? Watch those two. Don't watch the third one, because that's just dog shit. Apparently, um, um, apparently, what's it called? Peeping Tom is one of the one. first? That's that's like some yeah. weird slasher flick from the 60s. That's like one of the is first okay. found footage films. Yeah. Uh, four members of the Artemis... So Artemis 2, they're going to fly around the moon. Brilliant. Yeah. Right. Let let's, me guess. Let's... Let me guess. Let me guess. One of them is a black woman. Am I no, correct? No, they've got a black man. They've okay, got a black, black man, man right. a lesbian-looking woman. Hold on, let me just put okay. this. I'll put this up on the... Uh... Is one of them, like, transgender? To be fair, two of them look pretty trad. Um, I'm, I'm not... I'm not... Um, I'm not saying anything about the woman. There you go. It's up on stream now. <laughs> uh, that might be a woman. It might be a geezer. I'm not sure. Uh, these days, it's hard. I to think tell. the two. Um, I think. I think the one on the right and the bottom middle. I think they might be clones. Sure, one of them's Canadian. So, <laughs> and I'm sure the guy at the back. Is, being and I'm sure the guy at the back <laughs> is the black guy from Dead Space. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac, is that you? No, not <laughs> Isaac. Isaac um, what's his name? What's his name? The the, the dude running it. No. No, isn't he the commander guy? Like he's bossing you around. Like yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. What's his yeah, name? that's what I mean. Gets... Like it is, it is death. His death was shit. What was that? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, I just I just missed the guy from the first one because the guy from the first one, if you like your slasher flicks, is the captain from Jason X. You ever seen Jason X? Jason goes to space. <laughs> yes, yeah. The commander, the the captain of the spaceship, is the same dude, the same dude from Dead Space, <laughs> the original Dead Space. Like oh, that's why I'm gutted he's not in, he's not still in Dead Space because oh. like yeah, it's the dude from Jason X. That's cool. Uh 
that photo would make a good meme as well, you know, the guy at the front, like, yeah. he's got a really long neck, you could just extend his neck a bit more. <laughs> uh, oh, no, there's a Canadian on there, they're all fucked. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Four members of the crew, <laughs> uh, commander of the mission would be Reed Wiseman, a naval aviator and test pilot. Uh, serving as pilot is Victor Glover. That's got to be the black guy, isn't it? Is that yeah. Danny Glover's lad? Um, uh, so then, the lone woman. <laughs> it's just like they they implied she's just going to get raped on there. <laughs> just the lone woman, uh, Christine Christina Hammock Cock. <laughs> oh what? No, come off it. That's not her name. <laughs> yeah, Hammock Cock. Hammock no, Cock. No. Yeah. No, it's not. Oh, dude. The crew what will be do, rounded out. They... Go on then, friend. What, what do you think? They, what do you think they sleep in hammocks? Uh, a hammock cock. <laughs> hammock um, cock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the crew will be rounded out by a Canadian, Jeremy Hansen. I'd be, I'd be more worried about the three guys on them. <laughs> that woman's name. Hammock cock. <laughs> be like, all right, boys. <laughs> Jesus. No one now. I saw a story. How oh, fuck? What was the story? I. Can't remember where I saw that story earlier. Didn't I put it in thirty-seven in the Telegram? <laughs> where um, they're they're gonna have to send women out into space because they don't want them get they don't want them having sex. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh fuck! I didn't put it in in it. I didn't put it in it, did I? I oh, know. I thought I put it in it, but I hadn't. I saw, a, I saw a story earlier where they're not sending women. They want to send an all all female. They've got like a one and a half year mission or something, and they only want right. to send and they only want to send women because they don't want them having sex. <laughs> <laughs> but women can still have sex with each other, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not not if you're NASA. NASA don't know about that. <laughs> Because they're all fucking autists, they obviously don't know about lesbians, <laughs> do they? How long cold nights, <laughs> you know, in darkness of space can, you know? They just, they just don't want you to see it on camera that when they run out of food yeah. and they eat the baby, they just don't want you to see <laughs> oh, that. Oh no! <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Where are they going to? It's one and a half years away. Fucking hell! <laughs> What, are they, is that Mars? Are they trying to say that you know they oh, want to go shit. to Mars? Oh, um, I'm gonna have to look for the fucking. Give me a sec. I'll have to look for that. Read, read another. Read the one about the. Um, oh, send me about the, the Pats. Um, and explain mysteries. Uh, read about the Cat, Patterson Gimlin Bigfoot. They've got uh, AI, AI to sort it out. Uh, I'll see if I can find that story. It's in the back chat now. Less to be in domestics in space. That's the point. Do they do they know about the fucking domestic the domestic domestic abuse <laughs> statistics? Oh man! Yeah, you know what? It'd be funny. You know, <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Be. <laughs> it would be actually. Like they send them out on this one and a half year mission and they get lost because women don't know directions. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just like <laughs> help NASA, we're lost. Wait, you're meant to be going in a straight line. Yeah, but I saw a shiny thing. <laughs> it's like shit. Where did I see that fucking story? Uh, okay, so the Bigfoot. Right, <clears throat> let's read this then. Patterson the Gimlin Bigfoot video has now been stabilized using AI. Oh god. Oh god. There we go. 
Um, why is arguably the world's best-known footage of the alleged Bigfoot has been stabilised thanks to inter- artificial intelligence? Filmed in 1967 in North Carolina, the Patterson-Gimlin film has long remained the most hotly debated and tantalising piece of footage ever recorded in relation to the Bigfoot phenomenon. The video, which offers a clear view of a large bipedal ape-like creature walking along a creek bed, has long attracted the attention of Bigfoot enthusiasts and skeptics alike. Many argue that the creature is Bigfoot simply a person wearing a costume, while others remain adamant that it represents a genuine evidence that Bigfoot is a real deal. Fast forward to the present day and now AI expert Ron Chion has posted what is perhaps the most perfectly stabilised version of visual footage that has been seen to date. It don't, matter if it's fu- it don't matter if it's fucking stabilised or not, you still can't yeah. tell whether what? it's a bloke in a suit or not. Wait, got- so they... They're- Wait, are they saying they updated it to 4K? Is that it? Is that what it is? It's just like, we need to see this in 4K to like count the fucking... See the zip or something, is that it? I just... Just listen. Like, this story tells you all you need to know about NASA and women. Like, if ever you ever thought all NASA people are virgins, this is where you find out that it's true. <laughs> NASA secretly considered all female missions to Mars in a report examining sexual dynamics among astronauts, it's been claimed. A paper showed the <laughs> space agency has considered enforcing a strict gender divide on potential long-haul missions, according to astronaut Helen Sharman. Britain's first person in space told a conference that rumoured document filed some years ago was designed to address impure thoughts. Mixed spacefaring crews might suffer on Mail Online reported. The document's age could explain its apparent lack of consideration for same-sex attraction. Miss Sharman told the New Scientist Live conference, I did, I did hear some years ago there was a report. NASA has never released it, but it was done to see exactly the kind of crew makeup was necessary for the reason we've already alluded to. It found that the crew should be all same gender, all men or all women. Like, this is the bit that shows that they know nothing about women. All female crews would have been better than all male, the report is said to have included, due to women's superior cooperation skills. Yeah, because women get on with each other so fucking well, don't they? Hey, did, did you want to post on that uh, video of fucking, was it, what was it, the Celebrity Island something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just post on that. Like, yeah, they get on so well, NASA. <laughs> just, just, oh, fucking hell, what is wrong with you, NASA? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. Fucking hell. Uh, so, Tyrannosaurus, uh, Fra- here we go, Fraser, you ready for some dinosaur news? Yeah. Oh, uh, Picture a Tyrannosaurus Rex, that ferocious yet one of the most beloved dinosaurs. Most people probably imagine a scaly giant with enormous fangs visible even when its mouth closed. This is the image of toothy predatory dinosaurs that popular culture has perpetrated for over 30 years. But our new study published in Science suggests that the giant teeth of Tyrannosaurus, Tyrannosaurus might have been sheathed in scaly lips. Oh, fucking hell. What? <laughs> That's it. They reckon it might have had lips. So now they're putting big fucking kissy lips on everything, I suppose. Give us a kiss. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. it's too long and I'm not reading it, but yeah, it's just big lips. Big lips. <laughs> Combined with scaly lips, our findings suggest that predatory dinosaurs may have had softer looking faces and mouths than we're used to. Don't let's fool you behind those lips and gums were formidable flesh rending teeth. Oh dear! So like, they they probably look a bit more like Madonna, but with big teeth. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right, I'm absolutely fucked. How about you? Yeah, I'm, um, I think that will leave it there. I'm done in. Thank you, everyone. Right, night all. See you next week. Oh, shit. I just killed that prematurely, didn't I?